I don't know about you, have you ever watched the upcoming, uh, like, have you seen the, the new trailer for James Bond? Oh man, it's so exciting. You know, have you, do you watch James Bond? Now, let me quickly say, there are some things about James Bond that I don't agree with. There are some things about his character and the things that he does, like killing people and going out with lots of people. You know, things like that I don't like. But I do like the action side of it, don't you? Okay, some of the women said that. That's great. I'm glad that we've got strong women in the house. But I do like the action side of it, don't you? Have you seen him? You know, it's so unexpected, isn't it? You know, he's riding along in a car and suddenly a helicopter appears. And, man, you're a hard crowd. You're not excited at all. Anyway, you know, and then, and then you know, somebody shoots at him and rolls over. In the last one, one of the last ones, a wall of a building falls down and he's going... You know, and the building falls down, and it's amazing, isn't it? Have you seen that one? It's incredible. Have you seen that? Okay, let me move on. Fast and Furious 9. I've seen the trailer to that. I wouldn't let those guys in a car ever again. They are weird. But there's one scene where he drives off a cliff, clamps his car to a helicopter, swings round, unclamps his car, and carries on driving the other side of the cliff. Amazing, isn't it? My life's a bit like that. My life's that exciting. In the morning, I get up, put my backpack on, run to the number 87 bus and go, sit down. And then nothing else happens. But some of us feel a bit like our lives are a bit fractured. In that we're running here to drop the kids here. We're, our boss is saying this. Or, you know, we've got, to, we've got to budget this and save for this. And then we've got to run to there. And, and then we've got to make sure that that friend's okay. And this friend's okay. And it's, it's not really an action movie. It's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things pulling me in different directions. There's lots of dimensions going on. I'm being nice to this person because they feel a bit hurt. And then... I'm having to care for that person because of this and I, I feel a bit torn. And sometimes, do you just feel like it's not that your life's an action movie, you've just got a lot going on. Come on, admit it, you've got a lot going on. There are lots of different dimensions in your life and there are lots of things that are pulling you in lots of different directions. I want to say to you today that God can operate in lots of different dimensions too. In fact, number one on your outline is that God is a multi-dimensional God. God is a, a God who can operate in different circumstances, different feelings, different emotions. That He operates in our memories. He operates in our dreams. He operates in our feelings. He can operate in our body He's a multidimensional God. And this means that we can, he can reach into all what seems like the disconnected parts of our lives. And we can find healing and love and meaning right there. Because he has all those different dimensions in his control. It's amazing that when we come to God, we can come to him in prayer and praying and Often, we as Christians, we just pray to God in one way. And yet, there are so many different 
aspects and dimensions to our lives. We, we talk to this person politely and then we talk to this person informally. We talk to that person in a loving way. We talk to another person in a strong way. We've got different dimensions the way that we communicate. And then Christians go, God, I'm only talking to you in this way. And yet God wants to hear from us in all of our things. In fact, there are times when we just don't know what to say. And God understands our sigh. He understands our silence. You see, the more you understand God, and the more that you understand how much, in a, what a multifaceted and multidimensional way he can operate, the better that you can communicate to him and pray to him. And so, for those of you who might be checking church out, or for those of you who are checking God out, understand that you can just talk to God just normally the way you are. You don't have to have a Christian voice. I don't know what that is, by the way. You don't have to have a a kind of Christian vocabulary that actually, the more you just talk to God from who you are, the more satisfied you will be with your prayer life. You see... Uh, I want to just say that on your outline there, number one, we can see that God is a multidimensional God, but we see it in creation. I, I don't know about you, but David Attenborough, when he discovers something, he's, oh, look at this little creature here. And you look at some of the things in creation, and you think, wow, that's amazing how different that is. And, and what we learn is that God loves variety. I mean, look at the house, even. You know, God, God loves uh, the difference between us. And he loves making little bugs and strange birds and animals that look weird. You know, like, how many would have thought up an anteater with a big snout? And then, you know, okay, I'm not getting through to you yet. God loves variety. Uh, you know, the thing, though, as well as God loves variety, some people who love variety, but you can see from creation, God's organized. You know, that, that it actually all happens in a, in a, in a system and so on. And, and that God loves design. You know, the, there's a certain educational philosophy that's going to tell you if you leave it for enough time plus slime, it's going to make uh, some sort of design. But actually, the design of, of humans and animals is so complex, it can't possibly be that it could happen just over time. In fact, it's really intellectually weak to say, give something enough time and it will make a huge design. Those of you who've had children, I mean, a week old, a baby, so complex. Little Stevens in the house today and with, with Rangai and Jennifer and their baby's about three, three, four weeks old and he's, he's struggled a bit but he's come through now. But when you look at those babies, their eyes and their fingerprints are so complex and it's so intellectually weak to say, oh, that just happened by just enough time for these really complex designs to happen. But you see, when you understand that, you think, well... God, you are so varied. There's more to you than we think. You see, when, number two on your outline, if we see the fact that God's a multidimensional God through the incarnation, that through him becoming flesh. He, he became a, a human and he knows exactly what we are like. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. You know what that means? 
It means that he's not bound by time any longer. That actually, that he can reach back into your memories and, and deal with that dimension there. That he can reach forward into your future. He's not bound by the same ways we are. You see, he's got multi-dimensions to him. He's a God that can operate in different levels. Number, number three, you know, the way that the Holy Spirit moves teaches me that God is a multidimensional God. In fact, on your outline there, you'll see that little verse that says, you know, the wind blows wherever it pleases and you hear its sound, but you don't know where the wind uh, comes from or where it's going. That's what it's like with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can reach into different parts of our lives. We don't know how he does it, but he does it. And you see, the point, the point of what I'm trying to get across to you today is, number one, God can operate on different levels of your life. But here's, the, here's a, a kind of teaching that you all know. You, you've got this as a frig, fridge magnet almost, but you've got to embrace it at a deeper level. Because God is such a multidimensional God, it means something really important for you today. And, and you know it, but I want you to embrace it much deeper. Here we go. Because God's like this, it means that you are never, no, not never, ever, no, not never, you are never alone. You are never left abandoned to that bad relationship. You are never left on the island of loneliness. You are never placed as the outsider. You are never alone. You may feel those things. You may think those things. But in actual reality, you are never alone. Now give the Lord a clap of praise. It's all about Him. And He's with you. You know... It's really important that you understand that whatever you've got going on, that you see the, the multidimensional, the multiplicity of God to give you such hope. On your outline there, I've written a scripture, Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12 says this, Where can I go to escape from you, God? Where... Could I ever get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you'd be there. If I lay down in the world of the dead, you'd be there. If I flew beyond the east or lived in the furthest place west. I think that's California, by the way. You'd be there too. You lead me. You'd be there too to help me. I could ask the darkness to hide me. And you know, some of you have been asking the darkness... To hide you this week and just crawl under a rock and say, I don't want this. But even there, God is. Because even the darkness is light to you, Lord. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. We serve a multidimensional, a, a variety God. And because he's everywhere in every dimension, you can talk to him about every situation. Because he understands that 
he really understands it. And because he can operate even in the psychological dimensions that we don't fully understand, you can talk to him about what's going on in your life. So I want to get practical today. I actually want to coach you into a different, perhaps a, a stretching way of praying. Your, your praying's fine, but how many of you feel like you want to get better at something that you already do? You know, like, that's why we're here, isn't it, by the way? I mean, I hope you're not here just to say, tick, did the church thing. But actually, I hope that you've come today, and I know that you have. I love you so much as, as our church here that, that I want you to get better. And I believe that's why you're here, because you want God to speak to you, and you want to do things in a better way, both in life and as a disciple. God is a multidimensional. God wants you to stretch in your praying. So today I'm going to teach you a way of praying, and we'll go through it pretty quickly, uh, just so that you can say, hey, I may try that this week. Are you up for that, church? Yeah? Okay, number one, and it's on your outline there. Let's pray in five dimensions. Number one, when I first start praying, first of all, dimension number one, I look backwards to the cross. I look to what Jesus has done. When I come into praying, I say, thank you, God, for what you've done on the cross. That, God, that you would ransom and save me from my empty life. You see, that when you start praying by looking at what God has done, then you begin to see how much God loves you and and what solid ground you're on. Now, I know this is a little bit of uh, like a medieval time of philosophy, but when you start praying, this is what happens. You start praying and you start talking to God and almost immediately there are uh, wicked spirits from the enemy or even the enemy himself that would be whispering in your ear saying you're not good enough you can't pray like this oh look at what you did straight away have you ever felt that when you start praying wicked thoughts come into your mind and, and just things start happening and you think I'm supposed to be praying here and it's not really helping But you see, when you start off your praying by saying, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for what you've done for me. All of that negativity can be pushed aside because it's not about how strong of willpower you've got. It's about your willingness to accept what he's done on the cross for you. You see, when I look at the cross, I see how deeply God loves me. You know how much something is worth? Something is worth what you're willing to pay for it. You, 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 sometimes you guys, you go into a, into a store, to, into a shop to buy some clothes. And say, oh, I wouldn't give them a dime for that. And then you buy it anyway. <laughs> you know, you, some things you... It's because you, you think, well, it's, I'm willing to pay for that. We can tell how much God loves us by how much he was willing to pay for us. That his son was broken open on that cross for you and me. And so when I begin to pray and start thinking, well, if you were willing to do that for me, that's, that's just a wonderful thing. And it's not about all these negative thoughts. It's about what you've done. When I look at the cross, I see how costly evil is. I begin to detach myself from it. I say, well, if you would go through that, then I can begin to separate myself from that. When I look at the cross, I see how completely forgiven I am. 
And so even though the enemy begins to whisper in my ear, you're this, you're that, you're that, I can then begin to say, no, hang on. Jesus said, it is finished, and I'm forgiven. So be gone, Satan, in Jesus' name. And all that start of your prayer that often turns out to be so negative, and all that self-talk you may have anyway, look back to the cross, and it will help you to get your prayers off to a good start. You know what I've started to do, as well as I'm in a prayer list, I have a playlist. Starting to listen to songs about the cross and to bring my mind up as I'm praying. Second dimension. You see it on the outline. Not only do I look backward to the cross, I look upward to the loving face of the Father. In in Romans chapter 8, it says that we cry, Abba, Father. In the Middle East, Abba is a term of endearment. And you have had this teaching many times that it's just this informal way of even crying out, Daddy. And we, we call God many things. And, and those things are appropriate. Lord, Savior, uh, Mighty God, my, my Great King and everything. But can I ask you just something, just for this week, could you try something with me? That whenever you talk to God, talk to him as Father. Now, now, for some of you, a father figure is difficult. And, and actually, through doing this, it might heal that a bit. For some of you, you may have an absent father. My, my own father died when I was very young. And, and so the father concept is something I had to learn. But as you pray, Father, it will position and posture your heart in a different way. I wonder if you would just... You know, just go with me on this to say, okay, every time I pray this week, I'm not going to say Lord and Jesus, all of which is appropriate. I'm not saying anything against that, but you just start off saying, Father, I I come to you now. You see, God wants us to be personal in our prayers. He says, Abba, Father. God wants to be passionate in our prayers. That, you know, not to have an emotionalism, But God has emotions and he understands our emotions so that we can talk to him the way that we really feel because he's a father. How many of you as parents or how many of you with close friends that actually one of the most fulfilling things to you is to be able for them to talk to you or you to talk to them with real feeling where you cut cut everything out and you just say, this is how I feel. That's how God wants you to talk to him. In a passionate way. The, the Bible says we don't know what to say, but the, the Spirit prays with us. I just want, I just want to say to you if, you, if you're from Africa and you've been used to uh, you know, a, a different style of worship, don't become too British. Do, do you know what I'm saying? We're singing Sanak earlier, you know, I'm going to dance and praise him. And you're like going, I don't know whether I can, because I'm in the UK. And I don't know whether these British folks are going to dance and praise. You need to be who you are. Amen. Now, if you freak out, we'll calm you down. But... But don't stifle yourself. And you know, British folks, you, you just be who you are, okay? Stiff up a lip and all of that. But you know, when, when we pray to God, 
It's like a partnership. In fact, you know your praying isn't all down to you. You know the Bible says we don't know how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit cries through us. And he prays along with us. Now, I've got another talk that kind of talks about the Trinity. And any pastor that tells you they understand God and the Trinity, they don't. Okay? But, you know, when you're praying, you're saying, Father. And the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, Father, he's talking to you right now. And he's praying alongside you. And, and I don't quite understand how it all works, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit cries within us with groans and utterances that can't be said. But he's partnering with us. See, so when we're talking about prayer over these next few weeks, I just want you to know it's not all down to you. It's not your thing. It's the Holy Spirit almost wants to put his arm around you and say, come on, son, let me pray with you. Let me say the things that you even don't think you can say. So we need to pray personally, we need to say passionately, we need to understand it's a partnership. Dimension number three, not only do I look backward to the cross and upward to the face of the Father and think what a great relationship, but thirdly, in my prayer life, I look inward to Jesus living inside of me. That I know that I'm unconditionally accepted by him and he lives in me. So even though, when the Bible says, let a person examine themselves, look inside and say, hey, is there anything, God, that's between you and me? I do that on the basis that I know that I'm accepted. I know that I'm in relationship. But I examine myself to see if there's anything in my faith that needs growing or healing that I test myself and remember that Jesus is living in me so I'm not examining myself from a place of condemnation or a place of feeling negative about myself I'm examining myself on the basis of grace saying God I want to get better in this hey let me ask you a question let me ask you would you like to be better than you are now listen I know that you're okay But would you like to grow at something? Would you like to be better this year? You see, you know, I'm going to learn a new dance this year. I've even got my special coach, Karen's over there. She's actually taking lessons on how to teach me how to dance because I'm such a hard case. You know, but I'm going to be a better dancer this year. It's not going to bless you. It's going to bless me. But I want to get better at some things. And actually, in a serious note, I want to become better with my relationship with God. Don't you? I want to get better in my knowledge of the Word. And so, what I'm saying to you today is, if you want to be better, you can't get better until you challenge what needs to be changed. It won't happen. Without an honest look on the inside. You know, here's here's a big secret. God already knows what you're like. You're not going to confess something to the God and and he's not going to say, Oh, I never saw that coming. That's not going to happen. He knows what you're like and he loves you. He accepts you. He just wants to shape you and mold you to become more like him. He knows all the stuff you need to work through. And he still loves you. You see, we need to get to a new level of intimacy with God. 
And intimacy with God is simply where we become honest to God and honest with ourselves. That we actually say, you know what? I need to work on that part of my temperament. I am going to see what the scripture says about that. I'm going to place that before you, God. And I honestly come to you now. And I'm confessing this to you. You see... When we have that level of intimacy and we start confessing our frustrations or our failings or our fears, we get to a deeper level of intimacy. Hey, here's the thing to tweet. Intimacy is into me, see. See me, Lord. Hear me. Feel me. I think that was a pop song at one time. It's a cry of the heart. Intimacy. And if you want to come to church or come to God and hide behind everything you want to say, but you're saying lots of things and not really saying anything, actually you're not fully praying. You see, I look back to the cross and see how much I'm forgiven. I look up to the Father and see how much I'm accepted. And then I look inward at Jesus in me and say... Search me, O God, and see if there be any offensive way in me. And start asking for the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Because I want to get better as a person, as a disciple, and in my relationship with God. Who's with me? Amen? Can I hear an amen? Otherwise I'm going to get discouraged. Fourth dimension, I look back to the cross, I look up to the Father, I look in to Jesus in me, but I look around and ask the Holy Spirit to use me. You know, one of the most dangerous prayers that you could ever pray is two words, use me. It's so exciting being used by God. Holy Spirit, show me what you want, where you want to use me today. It's really exciting. You see, God doesn't treat you like a rag doll where he plays with you for a bit and then tosses you aside. God lovingly has plans to use you. And it's so exciting to be used by God. When you've been used by God, you think, oh man, I'm part of something. The divine maker, his hand is on me. And it's amazing when, when you think, man, God used me there. It's, it's an incredible thing. Romans 6 verse 13 says, give yourself completely to God, every part of you, since you've been given a new life and you want to be used. There's nothing like being used by God. It's better than most experiences you can have in your life. If when you want to be used as a, talent, a tool in the hands of God, you're used for his purpose. Now, all through this morning, this is a moment when I come in this message, when I feel, you know, when you preach, you feel that you should say something. It's more than preparation. And this is a moment. Or I said it in the first service, I believe now, I feel like I'm supposed to say what I'm about to say. There's somebody listening to me today. And I want to say to you that the world is waiting for your contribution. That you've been holding back. And the world desperately needs your talents and who you are. You need to pray that prayer. Use me Lord. 
for whatever reason, for whatever person or a teacher called you stupid and since that day it damaged your inner self or a parent never believed in you or whatever has been holding you back, you need to begin to throw off that a bit like shedding an old skin and say, use me, Lord. Because I believe I should say to you, the world is waiting for your contribution. I want to say to you, Mother Teresa said it like this, stop trying to be great. Stop trying to be uber significant. And she said this, she said, stop trying to be great. She said, but, but whatever you do, do it with great love. Do it with great sincerity. Do the ordinary things that you do with the love of God so that you can bless others and bless people. That will make you a significant place in life. Make sure what you're doing, even the ordinary things that you're doing, significant by pouring your heart into it. The Bible says, whatever we do, do it with everything unto the Lord. Pour it out to Him. Stop trying to be great. Just be filled with great love. And even in the ordinary things, God will use you. Amen, church. So, you know, I look back to the cross. I look up to the face of the the Father. This is what I do, you know, in my prayer life. I'm going to start my prayer life, whether you kneel at the side of your bed or you sit in your chair. I'm going to say, God, I thank you for the cross. Father, I want to be close to you. Shape me. And then I look into me and say, God, is there anything you want to point out in my life? And I look around and begin to say, God, who do you want to use me with? Use me, Lord. And then finally, fifth dimension, I look forward in faith to my future. I begin to commit my plans to God. You know, God has fantastic plans for you. God wants to hear what your plans are and your desires are. And we say, Abba, Father, I commit my way to you. Would you help me to have the right priorities? Have you ever had this? I've had this in my life where you work through a whole day and you've done lots of stuff and you feel like you haven't done anything. And you feel like you've just done stuff. And you, and you wonder what the priority should have been or, or would have been. I've started in my, the start of my day is to say, God, highlight the important things to me. Give me the priorities that you want me to have. I commit my future day to you, my plans to you. You know, help me with that one o'clock meeting, Lord, with that person. By the way, if you're meeting me at one o'clock tomorrow, I'm not talking about you. You know, but, you know, just help me with that appointment, Lord. I begin to commit my future to him, my daily future, but also my more long-term future. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, and I guess we shouldn't have favorites because it's all truth, but Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, I am confident of this. That God who began a good work in you will continue and complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your future is secure. Five dimensions. We're going to take a little meal together right now. We're going to celebrate communion. I'm going to ask the worship team and the singers to come. I wonder if you could stand with me. I'm going to ask the host to come. And I'm going to read you a very famous passage 
about communion. I want to instruct you a little bit about communion. If you've got a Bible with you, why don't you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Come on, let's all stand together, shall we? Just for a moment. Holy Spirit. You see, church, you know, today I've not been preaching. You know, actually, what I've been doing today is coaching you. Just coaching you on a little bit of prayer. And, and like this week, it'd be really important that you kind of say, okay, what did Pastor Mark say? Okay, backwards, upwards, inwards, around us, and, and forward. Oh, oh, I could do that. It's just a little bit of coaching. And we're going to take this meal and hosts, what I'd like you to do is, if you, would you mind giving out the bread and the wine? And, and congregation, would you just hold those things in your hand and not take them straight away? So as they give them out now, would you just kind of, even though they're moving around, would you just focus on what I'm saying? Because I want to read you this passage about communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you've got a Bible, you might want to read there. And we'll look at verse 23. For what I received from the Lord is what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You see, what we're going to do is look backward. We're going to remember all of what Jesus did for us. We're going to remember that there's healing in the atonement. There's healing for you now. We're going to remember that from the cross, He said, it's finished. And then He said this. In the same way, after the supper, He took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me we're remembering we're looking back but we're looking upward and saying father i have a new covenant with you there's a new relationship i used to try and please you by being a goody two-shoes but now i accepted your son and father i'm in a new relationship a new covenant with you abba father thank you And Paul goes on and says, Then whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat. And you see, we want to take an inward look right now. And we want to say to ourselves, God, is there anything in me? Now, in this house, there'll be other churches that would say, if you're not a believer, then please don't take communion. But this is what we say in this house. We say to you, if you can take this meal respectfully, understanding that when we take this meal, we're thinking about Jesus and all what He's done. And maybe by taking this meal, you're saying to God, you know what, Lord, I want that to be true for me then please take this meal with us. And maybe in the next few moments, you could say to yourself, you know what, I haven't lived for you. 
I'm coming back to you. And so I'm going to ask you when you take the bread that you would say, forgive me, Lord. And when you drink this little cup of juice, it's not alcoholic, it's just juice. When you drink this juice, you're going to say, I'm sorry, Lord, I receive you. You're not, the, the bread and the wine aren't magical, but you're saying, I receive you into my life. And I'm going to ask you if that's what you're doing. But the scripture goes on and says, So, my brothers, in verse 33, when you gather together, you should eat together. And you see, when we take this meal, we look around. And we say to ourselves, is there anybody in this house who I need to forgive? Is there somebody I need to be friendly to? Is there somebody in my life that you want to use me with? And then in this meal, the Lord says that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Somebody say amen. You know, our country made a huge decision. And whatever you think about that decision, I want you to know that Jesus is still coming. And it will make Brexit look like a squabble in the playground when he actually comes. Because when I look forward in faith, I want you to know that my future and your future is absolutely secure in God. So whenever you eat this bread and drink this wine or this juice, you do proclaim the Lord's death until He comes because He has the whole history of the world in His hands. I know you can't give Him a clap offering because you're holding things, but why don't we just give Him a big amen? Amen. So I'm looking backward. I'm looking upward. I'm looking inward. Search me, Lord. I'm looking around to who you want you to use me with. And I'm looking forward. Let's take the bread together. This is my body given for you. Let's eat together. Together. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup and said, this is my blood. It's symbolic. It's given for you. I forgive you. And if you can drink that cup and say, forgive me, Lord. Why don't we drink that cup together? Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to say a prayer. If you want to say it for you, then please say it. Heavenly Father, I come to you now. Forgive me. I haven't lived for you. And I'm sorry. Come into my life now. I want to follow you. Amen. As some of you are already Christians, you 
would have prayed that prayer before in your history. But you might have prayed that prayer for the first time. If you did pray that prayer for the first time, would you like to just raise your hand? And you said, yeah, I I took communion, but I also accepted Jesus. Is there anybody at all? Just raise your hand. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Lord. Pastor Nick and Kathy, my wife and myself, we're going to hang around at the front afterwards if you'd like to just come and chat to us if you're not ready just to acknowledge that. But we've got a song to close in prayer. And during this song, you see, I don't want to get too technical. When the Israelites took the Passover, with which the Holy Communion is a, a shadow of, everybody was healed. And I believe healing is in this house. And you might need some emotional healing. You might need some healing of memories. You might have had a bad dream. You might have something. You might have something in your body. Anything. If you would like to come forward as we sing this song for prayer, then as we sing it, we will sing over you and our prayer team and our ministers will pray for you. Let's sing together and make this a kind of closing prayer, shall we? But if you'd like to come forward to prayer, just start coming now and we will pray with you.